Hello everybody and welcome to the fifth episode of the Event Tech Talk Show. If you missed my last episode, please go do check it out on YouTube. It's also available on all the major networking and podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. In fact, you can even just search eventtechtalks.com and that'll bring you directly into the Event Tech Live website where you'll be able to see all the past episodes. Before we get into this session a quick thank you to our sponsor Eventcase who you just saw there they've just announced their new sustainable event technology so that's big news for them go and check them out at event eventscase.com and um, today my guests are Bogdan Moran of Amp Digital and Jiao Aguam of Vertley and we're going to be discussing the blockchain and how it might impact the events industry Please feel free to interact with us, ask questions in the comments. I'll bring those on screen and put them to Bogdan and Yao. And any questions that we don't get to by in this session, we'll try and answer on Twitter using the hashtag Event Tech Talks. So without further ado, Bogdan, Yao, welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? Good. Nice, good, good. warm, sunny. Happy days. Yeah. <laughs> not bad, not bad. <laughs> Before we get into the topic of blockchain, I think it'd be good just to give our audience a little background on kind of where you guys came into the events industry, what you're currently up to, because you're both doing some really interesting things and you both had a colourful history, let's say. So, so Bogdan, a little bit of background about you. How did you get into the events industry and such? Oh, my, my quickest one is, and I'll quote Nathan here, is a former photojournalist turned data scientist which is not entirely accurate, but it is true. And it's uh, we've started. I've started as a photojournalist, did everything from Afghanistan to Olympic Games, and jumped into events through startups. Actually, uh, dealing a lot with visual content. Uh, Co-founded and started my own companies a few times, and now again, I'm digital co-founder here, and with fit in a few other options. And we are dealing with blockchain for various products that we have. So what's the most famous event you've had the opportunity to photograph them, would you say? Um, interest. Because of the t-shirts, I have to say the Royal Wedding. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I just, I'm surprised. I wouldn't have thought you got the security clearance for it, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm as surprised as you. I didn't have a bald head at that point. I still had hair. I didn't look like that, but it's, I'm surprised as well. And Jao, what about you? How did you get started in the events industry? Yeah, uh, so I, I'm, uh, I've started working on event industry just during my studies on in Portugal on doing um, a ticketing on a ticketing company that was doing some tickets in real events in uh, in Portugal. Then I step away for some time, and when I start looking more into the blockchain space, I build uh, one startup called Tiger Market at the time in, in Denver, Colorado. While I was living there, where we were doing ticketings for the blockchain space as well and we run the application system and all the ticketing registrations for the Denver 2019 with more than 2000 people there so you were and right now I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah and now i'm running uh, virtually which is also on the event industry space but more on a platform for uh, online and hybrid events all in one platform so you were right there already testing out the blockchain within the event space uh, a few years ago then a little bit early yet, yes. I think it's really interesting, me personally, you know, it's it's a topic that I've just started to educate myself on more recently, maybe over the last year or two. 
And I think the most surprising thing to me was kind of like probably the thing that most people know the blockchain for is is kind of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, right? I mean, that started out predominantly as, you know, an experiment, which isn't bad considering it's like what got a market cap of one trillion dollars or something most recently. It's it's not bad for an experiment. But that's what everybody knows it for. But actually, blockchain technology has has many, many applications or many potential applications. And some of those are, are really interesting kind of, I guess, opportunities for us as the events industry, but as you guys as event technology companies to be able to incorporate that technology and offer more streamlined solutions, more data insight, maybe better experiences for people. Um, I know you guys, before we kind of jumped on this, we, we bounced emails backwards and forwards and there's just reams and reams of paper to be honest with you i think there's probably a whole event just on this topic for the events industry but maybe we'll maybe we'll launch something else as as a sideline to event tech live but to kind of jump into kind of some of the the top level stuff bogdan i know you're really passionate about the potential from a data site you know you you reference yourself as the as a data scientist earlier um so what what kind of what is it about blockchain technology from a data perspective that that you find so interesting it's i i'm i'm a scientist simply because of the glasses let's let's just make it very very clear about it i'm i'm fascinated about data and blockchain because i've started looking at blockchain when i started visual hive and it was about the concept of uh measuring the lifespan of visual content in terms of eyeballs how long people are looking at content. It's a general question. It has applications in the event industry. And at that point, uh, we I was approached by some kids, basically. In, uh, in They were working in Edinburgh, and they came in with these solutions called sidechains. And I knew blockchain, and I was fascinated by it. And I had to read on my holiday quite a lot to keep up with it. And it's actually quite simple, because it's good data in, good data out. I don't want to go with bad things. But it's it, it's that it's that simple. A blockchain has the capacity, the security, and the transparency to give you uh, it, it's a, to give you a tool that you can use to do to visualize data better, better to understand data better, and to actually um, get better data, which is very very important from that perspective. And that's why I'm fascinated in in it because it's again it's the democratization of it. Uh, transparency of it, security of it, and it's it basically has the free ticks of track, uh, control, and reward. So, do you would you say based on that then that for the events industry it would be a better way to understand our audience? It give us better insight into that data. Is it a better way? Is it ha- does it have the potential to be a better way than we're currently looking at data and collecting data? There are loads of things that are better than what's happening today with data in the event industry. Loads of it. I know there are a few good players in terms of gathering data and answering the correct questions at the correct point in time when it comes to data. But that's the beauty of blockchain. It's if you code it nicely, and I'll I'll, I'll pick pink of what how well, sorry Joao said uh, just before we started. If you code it correctly. It can give you the answers before you even start doing anything. So you don't have to stop every, every time for the event. What do you need to find out? What do you need to do? You know, go for all the questions you should go for it. So yes, hell yes. I mean, it's, it should blow everybody's minds in terms of data, not just in the event industry. 
And Joe, you were looking at this from a ticketing perspective. So what was it about blockchain technology from a registration ticketing perspective that, that interested you at the time? What was it that you felt it could have a benefit or an advantage of a kind of current methodology around that? I think the really magic of uh, blockchain in the in the ticketing part is the way you can program how tickets should behave, how transfer of tickets should uh, should be handled between different participants. So you can really control uh, if you can transfer a ticket or not, for how much you can sell it, and you can because you can associate the code that it's the, the rules that this ticket will have together with the monetary value of the transfer. Then you can completely control. Uh, the infl inflation of the prices and how much it should be sold on the secondary market or denied completely. So I think this is really a true magic of the ticketing, but uh, it's still a big, big uh, steps before you can really adopt it. Yeah, I think um, everybody in the industry and outside, even on a consumer level, is aware of the challenges or the problems around secondary ticketing markets and. We've even seen some of the big ticketing agents like Via Gogo and etc. in the news for quote unquote controlling the market or, or literally being the, I guess, the ticket mafia really. Like we control the first and secondary markets and, and everything in between. And I guess this, this for me sounds very much like the NFT market at the moment, which is big news in, in kind of the arts. And, you know, there was... Um, there's been recent news, hasn't there, very high profile news of one famous digital artist selling a whole complete work for something in the region of $69 million. And the reason that's so valuable is it because the, the token or the blockchain that's used in that instance is, is just for that one particular individual item. So I guess in, in the same way that the, the ticketing technology, Joe, that, that was on the, it was on the same principle of, of NFTs or was that a slightly different kind of blockchain? It, it was really using the same standard as the NFT, the FC721 token, because you can define the rules for all the tickets, and then each ticket inside is an instance of that contract, and you can transfer them individually as a token. So there's only one ticket, and you can know exactly who owns that particular ticket. And also, if you associate that with identity space, then you can say that this ticket can only be used by that person. And you can really know who owns it and... Uh, and improve it with different uh, restrictions if needed. So would that create an environment in a registration and ticketing process, guys, do you think where I'd be in control of my particular ticket and I could send it direct to you? Or would this still, would the organiser of that event or the promoter of that event still sit in the in the middle of that transaction, do you think? Depends on how you program it since the beginning. <laughs> okay. Because if you, you can you can define it in a way that uh, the organizer has control of all the tickets, but you can give this control to the owner of the ticket as well. So because it's defined on this smart contract, and you even if it's an NFT, you can have particularities on these tokens and the way they behave uh, based on how you define since the beginning. What's important is that it's defined in the beginning, and then you would need to if you want to change it, you need to upgrade it. That's um. So from a from a technology aspect, guys, from from you guys who are working on event technology companies at the moment, you're building tech. Is this something that you're actively looking at utilizing at the moment? Yeah, why? From your perspective, why did the tech startup with blockchain ticketing not work out? Was that more to do with the fact that 
it was too early or was it more startup or was it the technology that helped you back, held you back there? There was a mix of, uh, of reasons for not having worked out very well in the beginning, but uh, I, the, the major one, I think it's still the, the, the user experience for the people owning crypto and owning tokens. How they can, how can they manage easily all their tokens and the integrability of different uh, wallets, different providers? So I think we are still not yet very mature in that space that allows us to have mainstream adoption. And um, also, there's a big lobbies on the on the event industry that also prevent some more transparency in some places. But uh, essentially, the big deal for me it's the mainstream adoption via user experience. And Bogdan, from your perspective, how far are you away at Amp Digital from utilizing blockchain blockchain technology? Is it exploratory at the moment? Are you actively using it for uh, and building it into the technology and platforms that you're developing? Uh, we've got at least one solution that is mapped out. Second solution is uh, more or less in exploratory, simply because it's not we're not yet at that stage. And it's what was what we're talking about here. It's about adoption, and it's. Let's put it in more real terms, technically speaking. Um, you're talking about launching apps when we don't really have, we don't, when we not all of us have smartphones. That's kind of the moment in time where we are. So it's not about the technology can do magic, but it's about the adoption of it. And I think where the important bit is, is where us as technology providers come in. Because it's not about, oh, look, I have this sexy blockchain thing. That's for investors. That's a different conversation. That's, it's again, a completely different approach. From my perspective is, can you build the technology so that the event attendee doesn't even notice you have blockchain on it? Because blockchain is like, it's, it's a, again, a, an amazing technology that can do a lot of good, not for the sake of blockchain, but the sake of experience. And that's what we're looking at is uh, for example with twigged well, one of the things that we're looking at is because it's an event wallet as a concept can we incorporate a wallet uh, a wallet in within the app that can hold blockchain because this way you don't have to go to an attendee and say would you like to pay slash buy with, with any kind of token but do you want to integrate with your uh, wallets and i can guarantee you maybe 10 percent of them if you're lucky actually have event wallets again if you don't go to a blockchain event maybe there the percentage is slightly bigger but it's about the adoption it's about the technology and it's about us how how we make the technology because there are a lot of uh, there are a couple of startups there that out there that are using blockchain but they're mostly using blockchain for the sake of blockchains and it's not a bad thing because you have to have these innovators you have to have these guys who are out there and are obsessed about blockchain and they are pushing everything towards blockchain but you have to be very realistic because you're talking about if you take the exhibition industry, for example, you just have huge application on sponsorship, data, content, revenue. Again, we don't have five hours to talk about this because, as you said earlier, we are not on Joe Rogan or Seth Rogan and we don't have anything to drink at, although it's the afternoon. And it's 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 more about the 300 million people that attend those events that most of them, not all of them, but the vast majority of them, have no clue whatsoever what a wallet do you they need a crypto key do they need something in their pants do they need something in their wallets uh, trousers sorry we are in england do they need anything from that perspective to use that blockchain you know you create for example you, you create a, 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 you, you won't we 
we'll, we'll, we'll talk about NFTs, I'm sure, in more detail. But let's say tomorrow morning we have the magic wand, you create the ticketing, you solve the ticketing problem, all NFTs, you hide your address so nobody comes after you because you destroyed the underground industry and all that, those conversations. But you have the NFTs. What are you going to do with them? Who are you going to give it? How 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 is my wife? How is my kid going to a concert? They, actually, my daughter who's eleven has a wallet, but don't tell anybody. But who who are those people who don't have wallets actually going to hold that NFT? Because that's that's the key question. I, I mean, I have it. What am I going to do with it? I can't really share it because most of my friends don't have it. So we have way more important questions to answer before we actually go and say your nft which is a ticket from event tech live because you've attended this and you have that token is going to sell for 26 million in 10 years yeah. because event tech live it's who it is now and all this kind of stuff i think Sorry, it's really i didn't answer the question correctly but i think that's my train of thought in terms of going there i understand Bogdan. i think your your point is that as an events industry as technology companies as organizers it's okay us exploring these technologies and the benefits the pros and cons of them but if it comes to the point that let's say we're promoting the fact that an attendee can buy a ticket using a wallet and have their tickets in a wallet and gain benefits from that wallet or having those tokens and those nfts and and those and utilizing that blockchain technology that's only as good as the population that's ready to use that right that's what you're saying exactly exactly so it's as simple as that but we have the capacity. That's the beauty of it, because you don't have to wait now for that, because we are in, at that point technologically where you don't have to wait for them to get wallets. You make a wallet for them. Because yeah. you, uh, you, you take down the barriers. That's what you do as a startup. That's what you do as a... I, if there is this interesting word called hacker, which is used very badly, but hacker is the mentality that you try to solve problems by going around, by going around them, not just banging your head on the wall constantly. And that's what we do as innovators. That's what we do. As, that's what we should do as technology companies. Look at a problem, find a solution, find a fence, mend the fence, or take it away completely and move forward. Yeah, and and let's talk about some of those those problems at the moment. Yeah, you made a really interesting point um, prior to this that blockchain could actually be used as a way to prove attendance to events. And I think before where people had to physically go to an event, it was easy to attribute that attendance, right? It was like, Dr. A has turned up to Pharmacology Conference B and they've been here all day. We've tracked that tick. They've got their, I don't know what the the, the relevant accreditation would be or the, the point system, but they've got what they need to do to prove that they've stayed up to date with the current legislation or the training or whatever. But online, that's slightly different now, right? With the explosion of virtual events and all the benefits around those of being able to sit in your at home from your home office or from your office and not have to fly halfway around the world. That then brings up the fact that it's easier to attend these, but somebody could log in and potentially walk away, right? So yeah, how would that work? How would how would the blockchain work to be able to prove attendance for somebody entering an event remotely? I think, I think this needs to be natively built in on the different platforms uh, because in the platforms you can also know where participants have been in the different places and how much time they have been logged in. Of course, they can always enter and just be on one uh, on one place, but if there's no activity, if there's no changes from the participant from place to place, 
this also proves that they were really not very active. So based on the platform, and if it's natively integrated, and at the end of the, the event, the, the platform can uh, issue this uh, proof of attendance token that can be then redeemed from the, the different participants. And this would prove that they have been there, that they have, according to the rules of the... Of course, you need to trust, in this case, the platform, because the platform will measure that. If it's a physical event, you would also need to to trust the, the people inside the event. But you can you can go a step further. For example, if you if you say that the participant, in order to to receive the proof of attendance, he needs to interact with X people inside the event, or need to attend X workshops, or need to to watch X hours of uh, of, of streaming content. So there are different rules that you can uh, build in, and at the end, this can be issued, and the the participant can claim this is proof that he has been on the event. That's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting way of working that we do need some proof of attention. We do need some proof that people have turned up. And my own experience of things at the moment is that, that that's really hard to prove how long somebody actually spent in front of something. Um, if, if, you want to, if, if you want to go a step further, you can also use some AI mechanisms to identify the attention based on facial recognition that would be run on the on the client side. But there's always a point of failure, but yeah. it eventually could also be used and uh, attribute a degree of co of attention from this participant. And then this would be associated with this token, for example. I wonder how many people though are ready right now to be have have facial recognition watching them actually, you know, participate in an event. We've all seen the news recently. Amazon's just about to be sued or getting sued, aren't they, for... AI facial recognition now in kind of Amazon Prime delivery. Um, that, that's the, yeah, that's that's very interesting point to also to talk about. It's because all this data has, is linked to the to the users and to this privacy. So also, how much of these do we want to put on a blockchain that it's immutable and you cannot change it? How much should we anonymize? How can we even anonymizing or not putting there? How much can we trust it? So there are all these questions that still to be answered that's that's i think that's for me that's fascinating about data sorry madam it's it's um because that as that generates another question who owns that data mm. because what if it's my blockchain what if my data is my blockchain what if i'm this is these are part of the conversations we're having to tweaked about you're talking about my data okay yeah. and i've got two train of thoughts here one is matt the other is peter and who doesn't who, they, they're the co-founders of the amp and matt goes who owns the data i think he owns the data this does that this, this is the normal thing it's my data by the end of the day yeah it's not adam's data it's not our data is my data and peter comes on the other side is how do they make money then how do the organizers make the money with the solution that we provided because we have to make a very nice ux for the attendees but it's not a charity. We actually run a business and we have to make money for the attendees. And it's relatively simple. But if I, the better data you have, so the better data I collect from you when you come to my show, the more likelihood is that I'm going to have more revenue from sponsors and give you a better experience. So I make more revenue because the experience is better. So if I own the data, if it's my blockchain and you can go into side chains rather than NFTs, I don't know if you go that technical, but we can duplicate those kind of chains but i still have the main kind of core of the of the, the core block of the data but if i get paid for better data for accurate data rather than going and filling in i know i know how many 
questionnaires and things like that. You have that. You have my attendance, as Paul said. You know I've been there. That event, I get my accreditation on the same thing. Is my data. I want to share it. No. And from the attendees' point of view, which apart from yourself, I'm not organizing any event, so I'm basically an attendee. I can actually control my data. I can say, where is my data? Who did you share with my data? Who, which sponsor actually makes money from my data? Can I get a little bit of revenue? Yeah. And then we can go again with the, the, the royalties and everything from that perspective. I think that's a really, really interesting point. I'm a, I'm a user of a platform called Brave. And Brave has democratized ads served to me via the web. So I'm shunning Google and they're selling off my data and all my history and everything that I'm interested to and my profile to all of these advertisers. But I'm not a part of that at the moment. I am I am the product, as everybody else is, that uses Google and Alexa and Amazon and all of these technologies that track all of this information on you. Whereas Brave's slightly different, and I think this is what you're suggesting, um, um, Bogdan. Brave works in a way that if I'm served an advert, that's still my choice, but I benefit from that in some term of in some form of reward. Now, which platform am I most likely to keep my information relevant so it serves me more or the right type of advert and I get more rewards? Well, it's going to be Brave, isn't it, over over Chrome? And that's what you're saying about registration data, right? It's by being able to be rewarded, maybe that's free tickets, discounted tickets. Maybe it's even being paid to attend events because I'm a part of the revenue share from the event and the sponsors and they like to sponsor big books because they're getting really good high quality attendees. If I'm part of that, then I'm much more incentivized to be a part of that whole event and, and keep that data relevant and up to date, right? Because the higher the relevancy, the more I'm gonna essentially earn or benefit from, from that event, right? And keep keep in mind that blockchain is uh, has, so blockchain is based on uh, a DLT system, so distributed ledger technology, which has multiple applications applied from blockchain. And to Hall's point, in terms of anonymization, yes, it needs to be anonymized. But in the same time, we could be able to do that maybe through other technology that is attached to it. But in the same time, it's because it's transparency, because of its uh, core transparency in terms of usage. You're going to delete that question. What are, what are you doing with my data? How mm. are you using my data? Are you stealing my data? Are you sharing this with the guys who call me and say that they are from Amazon and they have just spent three and a half thousand? Can I give them their card details or something like that? So it's it's that thing that I think is going to be core because if you change the mind of the 300 million people who attend trade shows or at least 100 million of them, then to go to the organizer is going to be very easy. They're going to come to you. They're going to say, I've got 100 million people telling me I have to do this. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> I think Dahlia makes a really interesting point. And I don't personally think that blockchain is going to solve GDPR um, as, a, as a piece of legislation. But it could certainly make traceability and the process in which people can access, you know. At the moment, it's like a request for be to be deleted, isn't it, from a, from a yes. database. But that's only as good as if that organizer or whoever has not passed that data on to to <laughs> yes, three, yes, four, yes. fifth parties. You know, we've all we've all seen the emails. Would you like to buy X event <laughs> database like two and a half thousand attendees before the show's even closed? Um, we've had it Event Tech Live. It's it's obviously there's you know there's no truth in that. But once the events have closed down, 
and your data has gone off to sponsors if you've accepted those terms and conditions or other parts of the event business and stuff like there's no real traceability at the moment is there for the attendee Joe, do you do you see the the benefit there too as an attendee to is that one of the benefits of blockchain that ultimately an attendee could see exactly where their personal information is being distributed to and the history of that within an event ecosystem I think we, we need really to be attentive to which information we put on the blockchain because it's something that it's immutable. So we cannot remove it per se. We can always append new records so the information will be there. So this should be in the base of or everything that we put there, and especially regarding to GDPR. So that's that's kind of regulation. So you need to follow it. So you really need to pay attention to what information gets stored on the blockchain. We need to to avoid putting personal information and something that will link to the users. So that, that's on a, on a one point. Regarding the traceability of who access to which data, then I think this will come also to the difference between public and the permission blockchain, because on a public blockchain, everything is completely public and completely open and transparent. So you can know everything that it's stored on this blockchain. And I'm really in favor of this public blockchain, by the way, uh, because it's, it gives this transparency and the openness and uh, and everything will be defined by what's def what's inserted there. Regarding permission blockchain in this space, then you can control in a better way who access to it and store this on a, on some more uh, protected by some smart contracts. The only, but on the other side, it's not so open. The only time I would say that the public blockchain wouldn't be an advantage for an attendee is when they don't want the missus or the husband to know that they went to that event that they said they were working right like that's the only thing like if it's on them and and, and they can search oh. that and they can find out that i went to that club when i said i was at that conference learning all about the blockchain i might get it in the neck so maybe the public maybe the private one is the way to go for for some of no, i'll go back to my point and i i, I agree i agree if, what how was it because it's it will be a combination. I mean, we are literally in early days. We don't understand the technology fully. We don't have that point. And to uh, answer Daria's very good point, as always, annoyingly, I think, from, I, I, I'm looking forward to something not that good coming uh, from her, is that, first of all, GDPR cannot be solved because it's a black hole. And the problem with GDPR is ownership and transparency. Is We have the GDPR problems because we cannot control our own data. Is if I can control my data, then GDPR will be transformed in another way. In another way, in terms of it will be more clear in terms of usage and how you use it. It will go more towards uh, a law in terms of uh, punishment, or you steal something, or you do something bad. Uh, but again, nobody can solve GDPR problems from that perspective. And my biggest problem with GDPR is images. So I have my face here. You're recording my face. Yes, we are yes. on YouTube. We are live. Uh, we are not on blockchain, so I might be able to delete it, but it's my face. So with my face, you can open my phone. And it's a picture. I'm I've, I've made a living taking pictures at events. Yes. And uh, I've made a li I have actually made a quite a decent living afterwards trying to teach people how to use the pictures I'm taking at events and how to share them and how to make them more durable. And you have people's faces in there, which is forget about the work email. Yeah. 
completely forget about the work email. With AWS now, you can go in, do a phase recognition, do a phase detection. You can understand if we're happy or not during this live. And you can do so many, 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 many things. Mm -hmm. One of the things we are exploring, going back to more or less realistic data, uh, real-time uh, reality, it's uh, can we do a blockchain? Can we actually do a sidechain on this image so you can track your, your where your face is going, which is slightly easier because, again, you have a photo, it's more public, so it's a different conversation there rather than, let's say, I don't know, your personal email or your phone number or things like this that you don't really want to change. And I'm curious where it's going to. I've read a couple of, uh, I've skimmed, sorry, for a couple of white papers that uh, are talking about the the concept of uh, blockchain being a secret token that transports a secret token. So you know that there is a token with data there rather than transporting the actual data in it. Again, way over my head, even if it's very streamlined. But hopefully that will be that will answer the question because again you can't put public data on something that is going to be public forever and transparent to everybody. But you can put a secret key. So there are already some some conversations around there, which is are, are not we're not close to it. We've got another interesting topic here or question from a. An unknown Facebook user. And, and guys, if anybody's watching this, unfortunately, it's a limitation of StreamYard. In order for me to be able to offer, in order for us to be able to see you, you have to go to StreamYard's page and click accept. And, you know, the privacy policies that Facebook have in place that you have to accept and allow us to see who this is. So if this is you, by all means, post another comment. Tell me who it is and I'll I'll mention you. This is not so much on the blockchain itself and the technology, but the way that companies might gain investment from an event technology perspective, you know, blockchain technology, the investment in this technology and the future of every technology ecosystem is, is kind of really, really interesting to investors at the moment. Um, this person says, if it was an investor of hopping with heaps of money, they'd only be interested if they had a blockchain strategy. Do you guys consider that to be true or oh it's martin timmerman so martin thank you for thank you for that comment um do you think that's a strategy that maybe companies might employ to kind of gain extra credibility or interest in from investors i know a few years ago it might have been the whole ai play it was like our technology is ai is is powered by ai and that was the thing that kind of got people's interest do you think at the moment this might be a strategy that other companies use to kind of pull the wool over people's eyes a little bit? Yeah. I think the technology by itself should not be the motto of a company per se. It should be really the business and the idea and what the value it's creating for uh, for the users. The technology is a means to get there. The blockchain is a, a really valid means to get to some good places and definitely should be on the radars of all companies on the event industry, but also on the other ones, because it's like the cloud. If today you are building a company without knowing what cloud is, you get not, you'll not get very successful, for example. So the blockchain will get into the same level uh, as AI and as many other technologies. So people in companies and startups especially should completely follow it and try to see if there are value created by the blockchain on their value chain. And I think there's still value on the event industry, and for example, we are really looking forward on this uh, proof of attendance because it's something that can be used directly from the um, information that's available on the virtual event platforms. And uh, we will 
soon launch some some proof of concepts on this space. Really hope on that. Okay. First of all, um, take those thirty seconds from Joe's pitch and just put it on repeat because it's one of the <laughs> best sound bites I've ever heard. I mean, it's so simple and to the point, and it's kind of I defeats my rant. But I'm going to rant because I'm <laughs> there. So I actually have I have written down a, a real time example in terms of trying to explain blockchain. I was trying to, but Matt was going. You have to you have to go real world real world examples and my real world example involves hopping okay. and blockchain and it's um you know Hasselblad yes yes the camera manufacturer yep. yes uh Hasselblad has this camera uh, cm500 doesn't matter it has amazing cameras okay one of them took pictures of the from the space which worth it's it's fantastic brand fantastic brand then take hopping and then take blockchain all of these are tools that in the right hand can do magic individually. If you put them in the wrong hands, they will be shit regardless how pretty the Hasselblad is, how much money Hopin has, and how innovating blockchain is. It doesn't matter. To answer Martin's, hi Martin, Martin's question there is, uh, no, I wholeheartedly don't agree. Uh, because uh, I would not invest in hopping as a principle because I, I don't think their uh, strategy... I mean, I, I, I don't like where it's going. I have a completely different view and it's not on my personal line of what I want to do in life. That's my personal reason. But he's right from the perspective of Hopping should be one of the first ones who jump into blockchain because it needs a lot of our, uh, research and development. It needs a lot of time and attention. And to do that, you have to have money because it's not, it's not cheap to do that. So if indeed Hopping would not have a blockchain strategy, I think it would be sad, not uninvestable, because again, there is not necessarily a lot of logic in the investments outside from the in inside of the events rather than from the outside because you've had this conversation before about why why so much money where is it going and so on it's uh, i think they have an opportunity and to martin's point they should be looking now and say how can we do this because uh yeah blockchain is like the cloud, the apps, the windows, the net, the everything else it's very early days and we're banging on look at it they have the money and capacity now to actually revolutionize this because they have the money and capacity to revolutionize this. Where do you think they'll, Bogdan, where do you think they'll start with that though? Like, if, is that even a priority for at the moment? You know, they've got so much scale and so much headroom in, in the space that they are. Like, would they yeah, actually go down the blockchain route? Would they, would I they, would don't they... have 235 million. I never had 235 million to play with. I couldn't go and say, I've bought that company, that company, that company, that company, and that company. You know, I think uh, 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 Oprah and them can do that. You got a car, you got a car, you got a car, you got a car. They can literally do that now. So, all right, I, let, me ask I, you, let me ask you this. If then. I were got... them, yeah. If, if, if I were them, I would I would look first of all at uh, creating a base on uh, keeping tokens or crypto or anything like that within their system when they buy tickets. So in terms of registration, I think that would be the first one I would touch because it's easy and straightforward. Again, it solves one of the biggest problems and it solves it quicker. 
So the ticket mm. thing on blockchain is the quickest fix, the quickest win, not the quickest fix, the quickest win you can get because it's not about the fix. Because the, as as how was it? It's it's actually it's it's way quicker to do the uh, the better to do the attention thing and give you the the. Uh, that that immutable thing that you've looked you've been very washed it you've done that because it's logic but the biggest one we would be the tickets because it solves such a big pain point such a huge pain point and for somebody like them to come and say we have this money and we can kind of work with either by you know ios or ethereum or any other platform there and say we're going to start building this they have the capacity we don't have the capacity because I would love to have the capacity to say, let's go to Ethereum, get a couple of million in R&D and literally build this. And they, they will be up. I mean, it will be hard to catch up with them afterwards. Nowadays, I think there are a lot of players who will, who will catch up with them regardless of the money because of the experience bit. Yeah, I don't know whether this was the way that you were going with, with your ticket in company or your ticket in startup, but... One of the things that strikes me, and we, we talked about this in terms of adoption and stuff, and who who gets it? Is it is it all the attendees? Does the attention token? Does the reward mechanism work for everybody? Because everybody then has to be on board with how such a thing works. I'm an investor in a company called Fatsoma, and the way that Fatsoma work are they are a network effect ticketing solution on the basis that there's always one friend in a group of friends that's the event organizer, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to Glastonbury. Shall I buy tickets for everybody? Yeah, get me a ticket. I've done it the other day with cricket. You know, somebody said to me, I'm going to cricket. Do you want to come? Next thing I know, there's 16 of us going to cricket and one person's in charge of all that. Now, it would make sense to me that the person that's buying those tickets for everybody, the promoter, the network promoter, becomes the one that's benefited. And maybe that's your point, Bogdan. That's where... That makes sense. The way that Snowball Markets events, the way that Glean In does, the way that Ingo does, they work on the network effect, but there's always that primary driver. And is blockchain the simplest and easiest ways to reward those primary drivers with some form of cryptocurrency or some form of token? Jao, was that the way that you were going? Or were you thinking about it? So would, would that even work? Yeah, that, that's indefinitely it will, uh, it will work because again you will need to specify since the beginning how you want it to behave then you can definitely behave like having someone that it's the the promoter and the distribute the the royalties whatever you want to distribute back to the to this person uh, via the the rules that you define so definitely that that could uh, that could definitely work and you can say that specify since the beginning that these um this group of tickets will only be used by those people or you can inform this information and and that the others cannot resell it for example or they could so definitely this is a this is a use case that it's uh, that it's that it's possible especially with the uh, virtual uh, platforms you can in an easier way than in real life because in real life you always have the the check-in on the physical event to validate who owns what in a in a virtual events space it's much easier to verify the ownership of who owns which ticket awesome my final question to you both at what point do you think we'll actually see blockchain technology play a big role 
in the events industry. For me, from this conversation, you know, we're, we're talking about it quite fringely and a couple of different opportunities around ticketing and data and security and things like that. Is blockchain technology really, is it a year, two years, five years, 10 years? Like in your minds from, a, from an event technology perspective, at what point do you see it actually playing that, that, that just natural role within the ecosystem and a, and a technology and a tool that we use to help build, create or deliver events? Bogdan, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, we're both jumping into this question. <laughs> first. Um, I think the conversation on blockchain is going to jump in the events world. I mean, it's already jumped in the events world, but use cases, you'll start seeing quite a few use cases by the end of the year, if not faster, specifically around ticketing, I believe. Uh, uh, specifically around ticketing and NFTs, uh, maybe some reward system. I'm not sure who's going to go out there first, but you're going to have something there by the end of the year. In terms of blockchain being something that's ingrained within the event industry, that will be. I, I, I don't. I don't know if I know that. Probably we'll have a different conversation now, but I think it's up to us on how we integrate it and how we promote it and how we educate both the attendees and the organizers. And by us, I mean event technology companies, anything, technology, ticketing, hopping, which I know it's somewhere there. They have streamer, they have everything. So I don't know where to put them from that perspective. Uh, anything, but events case, everybody who is in event technology should be looking at blockchain because it offers a very unique way of uh, you know, driving experience, I presume. It's, it's a technology that will drive experiences. And, and that's our game, I think. We are in the experiences game. And yeah, what about you? Do you see, are you currently working with it on Vertly? Is this, you know, is part of your strategy, the proof of attendance? Do you see it coming through within the next year or two? Um, yeah, regarding the industry, it's it's evolving so fast that it's really hard to predict uh, exactly when things will come or not. But uh, definitely, experimentations will be seen very very soon on the different uh, places. In Virtually itself, as uh, it, we have innovation as a as a base, and all all these experimentations and deploy fast new new things to to try out and see the the reaction. Uh, definitely, we'll play with it, especially on this proof of attendance, because I think it's a, it's an it's an easy way to introduce people to to the blockchain. We need to see how to have the user experience in the heart of the solution, because we should not complexify it. We should not uh, make it harder for people to download wallets, to download this and that, and uh, and then at the end of the day, they are completely lost and they don't really know what they have done, but. They use blockchain and they are happy, but they don't know exactly what's behind or what, what, what's the solution. So we need to find a trade-off between uh, the user experience, the need of the blockchain, and the value that it uh, that it brings. But uh, I think we'll find some nice ways to to build it, and then we'll keep you posted. Guys, I think I think what I've learned from this is it's it's here at the moment, isn't it? We can start to look at blockchain technologies as event technology companies, the event industry, so planners, organizers, the wider sector, and the consumer, the people that are attending those events will benefit from those innovations. 
I'm sure, I think this is Martin again. He says, thank you guys for putting this map on the topic. It's certainly something that I think Event Tech Live and the Event Tech Talk Show will start to see come into conversation more regularly as we talk about different aspects of data and technology and transfer and security and user experience and stuff. Any technology as the wider general public more widely adopt it then we see it more in others in other you know there was a time when apps didn't exist wasn't there like we can remember when when there was no apps and stuff and now like apps are ubiquitous across every type of technology um before we go guys anybody that wants to connect up with either of you where should they go yeah we'll start with you are you on on is it twitter is it linkedin where's the best place to reach out to you both of both both platforms i'm available on both so feel free to LinkedIn might be easier, so feel free to reach me there. And, uh, and checkweirdly.com, you'll also find my contacts there. Bogdan, where's the best place to catch you? Uh, let's go with LinkedIn and Twitter, probably. It's uh, in that order. Awesome. Guys, thank you very much for coming on. And to everybody that tuned in today, thank you very much for watching. If you want to, if you found this content interesting, please do share it. It helps the content go wide. Please do catch up with Bogdan and Jiao. And one final comment from one of our users. If anybody wants to know more about NFTs, then Deep Dive, written eight years ago by John Klippinger, I think it is, of MIT. I'll leave that up on the screen for a few more seconds so you can go and check that out and put that in the show notes. Um, thanks, everybody, again for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode.